We are going to continue on this journey of uh, Jesus walking to Jerusalem, discipling his disciples on what this kingdom life is all about. But today is something I think will, it's, it's rattling in my heart and soul. I battle this that Jesus is trying to teach and maybe you do as well because it is about Sabbath. How many think through in a week, oh, Sabbath, do you just think about Sabbath? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. You might think about this. <laughs> For some of you of the older generation, you might have concept this uh, Sabbath thing and it came into a Sunday. And me growing up, it was, I hated it this thing. I didn't know what it was about. But as a little kid, I wasn't allowed to go play soccer. I wasn't allowed to do anything. I just was to sit there. And this guy can't do that. And then to make it worse, they would make you go sit on a bench and they would sing these weird songs, and I'm kicking my feet. My mom would be holding my legs down, and I would be squirming. And then this guy would get up and talk, and the old people would go to sleep. And I would be, you know, I'm like, this is stupid. Like, what is this? I never understood this thing of Sabbath. And so I've had some emotional, uh, physical crashes in my life. So I'm coming to this passage with an, an open heart and mind as I was studying it. So I'm wondering, what if Sabbath was so powerfully freeing that Satan would not want you to grasp hold of its truth? So today as we go through the scriptures, I want your heart to be open to what God wants to show you. And I prayed as I went through this that I would be open, and I still struggle, but let's, let's walk through this together. Because remember, Jesus wants to teach his disciples of what it is to have kingdom living on earth. How do we follow Jesus in an everyday life? And I believe Jesus is trying to teach his disciples that. So look up Luke, Luke chapter 13. And we're going to talk through some of this. Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, I pray that you would bring clarity to this understanding of Sabbath. Lord, even if it just uh, touches the surface of our heart, that we would dig deeper to understand more of what you would have for us in this truth. I ask in your name, amen. Well, let me read it and I'll... Try to stay close to my notes. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, which he, Jesus always was doing. Uh, and behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. Fathom that for a moment. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. 18 years she would walk around like this. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you have been freed from your disability. And he laid his hand on her. 
and immediately she was made straight and she started glorifying God. Can you take, can you guys just picture that for a moment? Somebody you know here in the worship and they were 18 years and then be healed. Would there be some tears? Would there be some amens, some hallelujahs that God was doing a work? It would have been a pretty amazing moment in time. But there was a ruler of the synagogue indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the people, there are six days in which work ought to be done. If you're sick, you come on that day, not on the Sabbath. Does that make any sense? Uh, Then the Lord answered him. Can you imagine just the praise, just silence in the temple? And the Lord answered him, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water? Every one of you, you break your law. And, it, and, and ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years to be loosed from those bonds on a Sabbath day? Shouldn't it be on that day? And as he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. There's this contrast of, of these regulations. Even if you went to 14.1, again, on the Sabbath, he was dining at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees. They were watching Jesus carefully. Because he knows already what Jesus does on the Sabbath. We record uh, uh, seven healings on the Sabbath. So there could have been more, but seven are recorded in the Bible. And so they're watching him. And behold, there was a man before him who had droopsy, which I understand is a abnormal swelling. Uh, and Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? They remained silent. Do you know why they remained silent? They had added 39 rules, what we'll call uh, guardrails, to protect the Sabbath day. And so they've laid out a whole bunch of regulations on how and what you could do on the Sabbath. And one of them was healing. So this is Neil's translation. So if a nurse or doctor, you came in and you were bleeding but you would not bleed out till the next day, they would leave you to the next day. <laughs> that was sort of their approach. So they had certain, ra- they had like chapters of rules on guardrails on how to protect this Sabbath. And a lot of it was to do with what you did. And even for healing. That is why Jesus kept breaking the Sabbath. It was their guardrails. He wasn't breaking. He was breaking their rules that they had made. So Jesus just took and said, hey, you're breaking your own rules that you have made. It doesn't say you can't heal on the Sabbath, but they created these legislation on, well, if it's this far, you can heal. If they're going to die, you can do your work. And so that's why they remain silent. Because yes, you can heal, but no, you can't heal. 
And apparently Jesus was doing it wrong according to the Pharisees and all their legislation around this Sabbath rest. And he said to them, which of you having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on the Sabbath day, wouldn't you immediately pull them out? And they could not reply to these things. So we see the battle of the Sabbath. Jesus is trying to teach his disciples and the Pharisees of what their hypocrisy is one, but also what is this kingdom life? How do we apply this truth? Genesis 2, we start in the beginning uh, that God created six days and on the seventh day he made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. He took a day, if you are a literal seven days, which I am, or opposite, it's very hard for me to grapple with that understanding, is he rested on one day. Is that figurative? I will tell you, it's not figurative. God rested on one day to teach us something, and we're going to expand on that. And that is why in Exodus, one of the commands that God gives to Moses, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy, six days you shall labor and do all your work. Uh, for you that like to work four days a week, just, just saying, <laughs> uh, Six days you will work, uh, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, and you shall not do any work. And this is where they created all these extra guardrails that you wouldn't do work, how many steps you would take, and so forth. So Jesus was challenging them on that. So we're getting a picture of what is this Sabbath? Uh, that nice Hebrew word, Shabbat, if I say it right, uh, something like that, uh, it means to stop working, literally stop working. In Deuteronomy, he wrote, remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but your Lord, your God, brought you out of a strong hand, by his strong hand and his powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God commanded you to rest on the Sabbath. You say, what? Rest on the Sabbath to reflect that God is your protector, your provider, your savior. He was teaching them. Now, even to add to this in Mark 2, these, the disciples getting, again, some of these rules, they're walking through the grain fields and grabbing some grain that's it. And the Pharisees said, look, they're doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. And Jesus teaches them again. And remember, he's teaching his disciples as he goes, those that are following along. He says, the Sabbath was made for you. The Sabbath was made for the human race. He's telling us we need something. He says, we created it for you. And by the way, I am the Lord of the Sabbath, which is another whole beautiful picture. But they were living the Sabbath to please God. And God says, I made the Sabbath for you. 
Uh, we see Jesus is continuing to teach this principle of the Sabbath. Now we're going to... So there's this physical part of resting. We're going to switch it up now in Hebrews. And I'm doing a, a, a fast course on this. Uh, you're going to have to dig deeper to grasp hold of all this stuff. But in Hebrews 3 and 4, he talks about this Sabbath rest. He says, Joshua brought you in to the promised land to rest. But the, God spoke of something bigger. For anyone who would enter God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. So we get this bigger picture of rest. That God is doing something. I think this is a, a theologian puts it this way. Sabbath in the first instance is not about worship. We sort of ad adapted that in. We'll talk about that. Uh, it's about the work stoppage. It's about withdrawal from the anxiety system of Pharaoh. The refusal to let one's life be defined by production and consumption and the endless pursuit of private well-being. Are you catching the picture of what Sabbath is? Is that we take a moment, stop running after everything and just be still. To stop working. Does not the scripture say it is a day of rest? To keep that rest is to keep it holy to the Lord. We're getting a bit of a picture. So here's, here's two words. We'll get you some Hebrew. And I'm not a Hebrew scholar. <laughs> so if we Shabbat, we cease from working in order to nuach. There's a good word. I, I, I'm so grateful for Google. Pronounce this. <laughs> uh, but it means to settle and to dwell. So if you think of stoppage, I'm going to stop striving, stop work and being um, just all confident in what I am doing. I need to work these seven days to make it happen. I need to make this income. I need to, and your mind is just consumed. He says, we need to stop. We need to cease from doing that in order to stop working and dwell. We stop working, we can truly rest in God's presence. So it is a twofold. It's physically, but it's also spiritually that we break through this process. And this isn't an easy task. This is hard for us, humanly, to get our minds off our worries of income, how we're going to provide. I remember running my own business, and you'd get a contract you'd do a job, and you'd say, yeah, okay, I, I'm good, I got this going. Someone asked, hey, can you do this? Well, sure, I, I, don't, I might not have another contract, so I might as well take that one just in case. And then you take another one, and you take another one. Because you don't know if there's going to be another one. And then you get yourself so consumed. Now I'm busy, busy, busy. I got to finish this job for this person. I got to go finish this job for that person. And I stopped. Stopping. I didn't rest. I was there to satisfy the customer and to make sure I had an income for my family. 
It is so simple to do that, just to get caught in that whole practice of getting consumed. I know as parents, some of you want to take a rest. How many kids are here? Uh, A rest from your children. (laughs) I need a Sabbath rest for my children. No, you need to teach them what Sabbath rest is. Uh, Two things I want us to, to come together and grasp hold of. That God, our creator, created us to need rest. He created us for six days, not seven days of work. And for some of us, we need to realize that, that I got to stop striving. Some of you got it down pat. You just say, lay on the couch and you're good. (laughs) Bless you. (laughs) Then I need to be preaching the six days of work. But we're not on that one today. We're on the day of rest. But think about it. God created you and created me to rest, to stop. We're created in his image. If we're created in God's image and he took a seventh day and rested, Does that not imply to you and me? And then he says in the Ten Commandments, you need to rest. Now we know from Galatians, uh, what verse is that one? That God created the law. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. So, We did have the Ten Commandments that we were to follow, so we were to obey the Sabbath and take that day. It was a command. Today, Jesus fulfilled, Romans 7, I believe it is, fulfilled the law. So now, as a follower of Jesus, what does that look like? He created us to rest. It's a creator principle that's part of who we are. You can't just say, I'm going to go seven days a week, 16-hour days, and you just go. I can tell you something. You will crash. You will crash. So if you keep striving, you keep going, without this principle that God built within us, It's not his design. His design is six-day battery charge, or drain, (laughs) one-day charge. Okay? We need that, and we'll look at what that looks like. Secondly, we need to see and understand God as our Redeemer to know we needed spiritual rest. He provided that. I I love this picture in Matthew eleven twenty eight, and God has spoken to me again and again through this passage. I want you to listen. God's invitation to you. Come to me, all you who labor, who are heavy laden, anxious, overwhelmed, 
I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in spirit. You will find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. That is what God wants to give us. Sabbath is not a command we are bound to, as one theologian said. It's a promise we are invited into to enjoy. Sabbath rest is an invitation to practice for eternity in God's presence. To take hold of this, that Jesus wants us to rest in him, We keep striving. Even in the church, we keep trying to be good enough. How many of you are good enough for approval of God? Anybody good enough on your own to be approved by God? We need Jesus. He is our rest. And some of us, we look so hard and... Okay, here's a question. We'll put it in another way. I heard this statement. uh, How many of you wash up before you take a shower? That'd be a pretty dumb thing to do, right? You don't wash up before you take a shower because the shower is what's going to clean you. Some of you try to clean up and be a good person so you can come to Jesus. Jesus said, come to me I will cleanse you and wash you as white as snow. That's the beauty of what Jesus does. When we come as we are, and Lord Jesus, I just want to follow you. I repent from the sin I know, and I want to follow you. He comes in, and he walks with us, and he cleanses us, and he changes us. That transforming work that only Jesus can do. Are we willing to rest in his work? So what does this look like? Biblically, Sabbath-fulfilled rest, therefore, is a gospel-driven, Christ-centered rest for our physical bodies and our spiritual souls. So one of these uh, rules of life that I am trying to implement into my life that the Lord has been working on me is this rule of life that I would take A day of rest. Physically, emotionally, mentally, trying to bring my place, pull myself back, and just be still and know that He's God, to renew my mind, to recenter my focus of what He's called me to do in the first place. This isn't an easy thing to do for me, but once a week, My rule of life is to, one part of it is I need to get sleep. So I need to choose. So so for example, if your Sunday was your rule of life to say that's going to be your rest. You don't stay up till two in the morning on Saturday night. I don't know who could do that. I can't. But but if you can't, like, nope. Tomorrow is my, my day of rest that I am going to, I'm going to have a good sleep and then I'm going to go fellowship. 
I'm going to go for a spiritual walk every, every day of rest that I have. My rule of life is I'm going to go for a spiritual walk with Jesus. I am going to have family dinner on our Sabbath rest. I'm going to take that day as we're going to be together a family. I'm going to teach my children what it is to have a Sabbath rest. For my dad, he could cut the lawn on his Sabbath rest. He could drive down that quarter-mile driveway and with tractor lawnmower, and he could rest. I could I would put it in the highest speed I could and see how fast I could do it. Where he could just rest. So cutting lawn is not against a Sabbath rest for some. It's putting aside the tasks and literally making a special day together as a family. Focus on that. Create this rule of life for yourself. Because I believe this is what God wants us to stop just running, thinking of all the bills that have to be paid, all, how are we going to do this, and just stop and say, God, you are my provider. You are my savior. You are my protector. And I'm just going to walk with you and focus on you. Some of that Sabbath rest can be listening, quiet before the Lord. So it is structured in one sense, but you create that rule of life for yourself of what it looks like. For each one, it will be a little bit different. It may not be a Sunday because of our shift work and all the cultural changes in our society. But you make it special. You create it. And you focus on mentally. Okay, here's a radical one, parents. You want to teach a Sabbath rest for your child? No homework on that day. Any amens from the kids? <laughs> Dad doesn't have work. Mom's not thinking about work. We're taking a mental break, and we are doing it for the glory of God. We are focusing on Him, and physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually resting one day a week. God created this principle from creation to the spiritual, Jesus being our Redeemer. He created it for us. And this is a new revelation to me to break through that I know I need and I believe each one of us needs that we would stop striving and God wants to minister to us. He wants to teach us. Are you willing to follow Jesus as he was teaching his disciples how to follow him. He's teaching us how to follow. Heavenly Father, as we close off this time this morning, we acknowledge that you've created this Sabbath principle, that you freed us in Jesus, but we still need the principle of rest. Thank you for salvation. And Lord, I pray for anyone here that has, hasn't responded to your Sabbath rest of salvation. I pray that uh, you would stir in them a heart to repent and to ask you to come into your life. Lord, would you set them free? 
And Lord, for the others here today, I pray that they would make that step to make it a rule of life. That it would be a part of who they are. That we would live differently than the world because we are followers of you. That this day of rest would be representing our hope, our faith in you. Lord, stir in our hearts even now.